And welcome to the Druck Report. John Druckenmiller of HometownHeadlines.com and the Hometown Podcast Network with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we're coming to you nearly live, we'll say almost live, from the studios of Brand Red Studios on 4 Bale Street. Todd LaBarge once again making us all sound perfect. But as always, we have guests who make us sound intelligent because they are, we're not. And for a now a podcast record appearance... City Commissioner Wendy Davis, good afternoon. Woohoo, the champ. You have moved ahead <laughs> of that Cochrane guys. Let him know you are you are now in the lead. Thank we you are, so much for being here. We uh I'm delighted to be here. Always enjoy talking with you, Drug. Thanks for this opportunity. No, glad to have you here. You and uh, Craig McDaniel were here last time. You all did a fantastic job on that. We appreciate that. Today, Wendy, we're going to talk about one of your many uh love people who are what they well, you know this term in baseball, what a five tool player. By all means, you are there, uh, not only an avid baseball fan, but also uh, many skills in many areas, among them being politics. We are in the most, one of the most critical weeks of the election year right now. Earlier today and now through March 20th, we'll have advanced voting going on uh, around Floyd County, a couple different spots, but that's underway for the presidential preference primary. We have qualifying underway today through noon Friday for local Democrats and Republicans to run for all federal and local offices as well. All that's going on. We are watching uh, some major shifts in the Democratic, um, I guess, candidates. We have seen a couple dropouts over the weekend. You, in fact, has kind of inspired this uh, little episode here. Last week, you were over in South Carolina witnessing the debate among the Democratic candidates Wendy, from what you saw last week to what we're doing this on a Monday afternoon, it has changed dramatically. It has. It so let's has. talk. Let's start with that. Let's go back. Here it is, folks. Wendy's texting and posting away from South Carolina, and is driving yours truly nuts because we haven't quite figured out yet how to do a true radio cast, which is coming, by the way. I'm working on that. We're working on that. But here you are. I'm like, oh man, if I had the radio show, you'd be on. You'd be on tomorrow morning. Tell us all what happened here. Well, we're a little bit. We're we're getting to that point. We won't deal with that. Let's deal with this. You are here. You watched a historic debate last uh, Tuesday in South Carolina, and Joe Biden, almost 50 percent of the vote on Saturday in the South Carolina Democratic primary there. So let's go back to last week. Let's go back to Saturday, and let's talk about the repercussions of that. Number one. What did you see? What did you did you did you sense? Of course, it's always easy to ask this question. Did you sense the Biden rush coming out of that debate? I, I to be very candid, I did. Uh, I did not anticipate that it would be by such a wide margin, um, but that certainly the crowd in the audience at that debate were Biden people. Wow! And it was um, it, to to be honest with you, I was like. Whoa, it's not what I expected, right? Like all the punditry was like, Biden's on the way out. This oh, is yeah. going to seal the Bernie, coffin Bernie. for yeah. him. If he uh, if he doesn't perform in South Carolina, then it's going to be who who takes his lane, right? Uh, and he did better in South Carolina. You know, the polling had closed to some polls had a three percent lead. Some people had him at a five percent lead. I figured he'd probably get. You know, high 30s, low 40s. I had no, I did not anticipate in any way that he would do as well as he did. 
uh, at almost getting more than 50%. Most of the night, he was over 50% as the returns were coming in. And it was, you know, what, 30 points higher than his closest competitor. And uh, and it and it's about the, the history and the... Uh, <sighs> The connection Vice President Biden has, particularly in the African-American community. That's my next question here. I mean, that's to know that the African-American community came out so strong for Biden. I, well, that's what chased Pete out, I'm sure. I mean, you know, you, you know that 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 part of the component, that demographic pretty much is now reserved. Well, it's 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 still not a closed contest. We're sure, still not sure. down to two folks. Right. Um, but but it's. A lot more narrow than it was a week ago. And uh, a week ago, we had, frankly, a lot of panic among sort of the DNC crowd that I'm a part of. Right. Like so today I'm wearing the Wendy um, Democratic Activist, Democratic National Committee. That's the hat I'm wearing today rather than the city commissioner hat. Right. This is about uh, the partisan politics. That's that's my volunteer work. Well, you said the important word there, too. Volunteer. Yeah. I mean, you're not getting these these six figure paychecks from this. Oh, you know, I Soros apparently doesn't have my address. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I understand all that. the well, activism he he's paying for. No, don't get me wrong. My my actual job job, uh, producing telephone town hall events, uh, I do get paid for. Sure. Um, but but most of my party work, the the work that most people see me doing, uh, representing the party, is all volunteer work. Well, good and, for you. That's and I did not pay seventeen hundred dollars to attend the debate. <laughs> oh, I saw that post, by the way. Thank you very yes. much. And more, more, uh, more social media trash out there. Yeah. So, um, but there were a lot of people there who are just activists like myself, right? DNC members, and then also local activists, local party members, right? Um, the campaigns all got uh, tickets that they got dis- to distribute, however they wanted to distribute. And of course, the Congressional Black Caucus was one of the co-sponsors of the event. Um, Mr. Clyburn, Congressman Clyburn is, you know, a strong leader in that organization. And they had they were well represented um, in attendees. That, that was sort of the VIP section. right? <laughs> so well, they had a heck of an impact, big impact on the campaign. Um, and Wendy, you taught me how to pronounce this gentleman's name a year ago on radio. And you know what? I still can't do it. Mayor, Mayor Pete. Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Thank you. Buttigieg. So there's two ways. Not that it matters anymore. Yeah. <laughs> really. That's the next question. Boot. Edge, edge, like the edge of a, yep. a counter, right? Or Buddha judge, which I think is the fun way to pronounce it. That's, That's the, the way Chasta does it. Buddha judge. Yeah. Well, no matter what, Pete met with the Carters yesterday, yeah. and that was you made a lot of lot of uh, lot of buzz on the you know the social media and on your know, traditional media. And then last night eight eight thirty, Pete says, "I'm done, folks. Thank you. It was great right. fun." Right. And he went to Selma yesterday, and um, Tom Steyer went to Selma yesterday. They had planned to do that. Steyer dropped out after the South Carolina results, which he did, invested a lot, a lot, yeah. a lot of money in South Carolina, and um, and came in a, a strong third that surprised a lot of people. But he had said all along, if he didn't see a path to the nomination, he'd get out. And so he sort of made his stand uh, could go out with his head held high that he did well in South Carolina for being an unknown. Uh, in a similar way, I think Mayor Pete um, realized that he could help unclutter the race some by getting out yesterday. Uh, I, you know, there are people who've speculated that President Carter helped him get that clarity of mind. Yeah, well, I, could be. I don't know. Uh, I just think, wow, what an amazing day to be mayor of a midsize Midwestern city and get to meet in the morning with President and Mrs. Carter and then go 
and be with John Lewis and Selma for the celebration and then be able to say, you know, worked hard, had a lot of people supporting me, millions of people supporting me, uh, made history, but it's not my year. Well, and people keep, and I saw some stuff last night about what history did it make. Well, number one, here's a gentleman who was married to another gentleman. A little bit different, and even even in the 21st century here, and also a mayor of a smaller city, commanding a national audience here. I mean, that is historic. Yeah, well, and, and he won the Iowa caucuses. That's a good point, right? And yeah. uh, so, I mean, he had a top four finish in the first four contests. Um, you know, and so there's a lot to be impressed with. Again, coming from nowhere, yep. and and building a very strong grassroots um, support system. So, but. Now on to Super Tuesday. Well, that's of course. You thank you. Very good segue there. And I'll I'll preface this. I'll poison these waters here, Wendy. After tomorrow, um, those of us who have not voted yet, who may be voting Democrat or whatever, what are we going to vote for after Tuesday? I mean, is this thing going to be over tomorrow? No, it won't be over tomorrow. Okay. There so, it is, folks, the official word. I've been waiting for The official word. It is not over tomorrow. Uh, so keep in mind what uh, what these candidates are chasing uh, besides uh, uh, fundraising needs to keep the campaign moving forward, right? Sure. Um, they're trying to secure pledge delegates for the convention in Milwaukee. Uh, the magic number is 1991. So... Um, 1,991 is the number okay. for you to get the majority, which is 50% plus one, of the pledged delegates to be the nominee uh, on the first round. So I think after tomorrow, uh, somebody was asking me today uh, who they should vote for, you know, what my thoughts were, because she wanted to vote tomorrow. And I said, mm, maybe you don't want to vote tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, I know, wait a little bit. Yeah, maybe yeah. you want to wait till Wednesday. Uh, or later in the week and see if other folks drop out or sort of what the the fallout is. I anticipate that you will have um, Biden and Sanders be one, two in a lot of states. Uh, the interesting thing will be if anybody ends up a, a two, three, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three. That's not one of them. Uh, that's consistent. So it could be um, Senator Warren. It could be um, former Mayor Bloomberg. Right. Like, so it's uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you anybody who wants to say they know what it's going to be. Yep. Um, they don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> well, if you look at it, it's funny, the sample ballot and people who are going to the you know to a vote advance here in Floyd County today or now through the 20th, you're going to see 12 names on the Democratic ballot. Oh, yeah. I thought it was 11, but it okay. 11. I thought it was 12. At, at, at one you point, know, as journalists, we kind of, you know. No, I mean, at one point as an as a state party executive committee member, I had to be the one who. Uh, officially said this is what the party wants on the ballot and there was like a friday afternoon or a monday afternoon where we had to have that decision made and somebody dropped out that morning so we were able to slice it off again so um but since that list uh a couple other people have dropped off including tom steyer and mayor pete uh this weekend so we got that. Really, I think the last I saw this morning, we're down to six. It's six. Active, okay, it's six, six active out if, there. If, and um, six of them right now. Um, I expect by the time we get to our voting on March 24th, it may still be four, maybe five, maybe three. I don't think we'll be just to two. Um, but okay. I've been wrong before. Well, that's, uh, this is my other pet peeve. And I, I, I ranted about this this morning on, on the uh, radio edition. Um Looking at this, so we're voting, Georgia's voting on March 24th. We're doing advanced voting now. 
And if we're lucky, we'll see maybe you know, 50% of the total who's going to vote in the presidential preference primary in Georgia vote between now and the 20th. And then the 24th is the you know, 7A, 7P, go to your tweetings, that kind of stuff and all. Um, why isn't Georgia involved in the what uh, our governor did several years ago, organized in 2016, the SEC primary? We're kind of behind the game this year. Uh, well, that was not the Democratic Party's decision. That was the uh, that was Secretary of State's decision. I'm sure in consultation with the the new governor, uh, and they waited and took their sweet time deciding when it would be. And I think they um, they didn't have any worries about when it would be on their side because they knew it wouldn't be competitive on their side. So they were trying to just uh, spin their wheels, it seemed, uh, and make this decision. Uh, they would say they picked that Tuesday, so we would be alone and important, and we'll see whichever candidates are left. We're non-consequential. Will, we, if, we, we have no seat at this party. I mean, I'm sorry, but I mean— Well, well we, we, we will. I think we'll still have an importance. I think it will not be between six candidates at that point, um, but but I'm, I'm very confident that Georgia is going to matter— not just in the primary, Good. but in November. Well, that's the part I'm worried about. I mean, especially in the primary part, but November as well. Oh, November, we matter. Well, the I'd, road oh, to the White House I'd love to see comes through Georgia. We will see investments like you've never seen oh, I love in it. Georgia before, particularly uh, because we have the two U.S. Senate races. It is going to be. A, that's, and that's great. I love to see Georgia so prominent. I just hate us not having a fuller voice, shall we say, especially, you know, and I think Brian Kemp did a good job four years ago in setting up that whole SEC, as he called it, SEC primary. I just don't like seeing us having a backseat. Well, I, I think if they they looked at Super Tuesday, which is what we're calling tomorrow, right, and said, if we're going up against California, Florida, and Texas, we won't matter. So, I mean, I don't yeah. think it was foolish to, to not jump into the Super Tuesday pool. You know, 14 states uh, that are all pretty big states and uh, American Samoa. <laughs> We're number what now? Number nine, number ten in the country, Georgia, size wise. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, well, we we can play the big boys. Yeah, well, but maybe not in football. But well, uh, sorry, a little Gator joke there for yeah, you, Pete listeners yeah. out there. <laughs> Gators have been so, a joke last. So anyway, years. regardless of whether we thought it was a good idea or not, them's the rules. Well, so. unfortunately, and the other one that gets me about this, and I'm in trouble for this one already, but I'll get in trouble again. Um, the decision by the Georgia Republican Party to not have any other candidates on the list, on the GOP side, other than the incumbent president, which I know has been done before with, I think, during um, the the younger Bush. Are you looking, I know it's been done in other states as well, and you kind of say, wait a minute, you know, number one, God forbid, what if something happened to the man's health? Number two, um, we still vote. Well, you know, see, I'm as... Here's my favorite line. I'm a Democrat with a little D. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm a Democrat with a big D. Uh, I'm not a big fan of elections that aren't real elections. That's uh, exactly what this so is. So I guess we're better. The Georgia GOP is better than some states that literally canceled it. Here they just didn't let the guys who were also running on the ballot, which I think is. Um, it's un-American. I think it's short-sighted on their part. Yeah, but. Uh, to me it's un-American. Give me a, you know, we, we vote, but we fight the vote to have a choice. And yeah. like we either vote for our guy, the incumbent, or you don't get a vote. Well, who decides that? Well, so the interesting thing in Alabama, right, to, they're part of Super Tuesday tomorrow. So not only do they have their presidential preference, but they also have their regular primary. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're put together. So you have people who are not happy that they don't have a choice in the Republican presidential and genuinely would like to go pick among the Democratic options. 
But if they pick up a Democratic ballot because they want to vote in the presidential preference there, they miss voting in the Republican primary for their local races, and almost all their local races are decided in that primary still. So, Gee, how does that make the Democratic Party feel? Well, like we have work to do. (laughs) That is Wendy Davis. We're talking about politics. We're talking a little bit about presidential primaries coming up here. We are voting again in advance now through the 20th of this month, uh, 8 to 5 at the Yellowbrick Courthouse. Other locations. It's kind of confusing. This it's all we have on the website for you. Here yeah, we're going to do, Wendy. If you need it, yep. So let's take a quick break here and come back, and let's talk about part two of this, and that is qualifying underway today as well. We're seeing all the candidates come forward. Uh, a lot have already put it, gone in, raised their hands, signed the forms. We'll come back and talk more next about the next primary. Keep in mind, this is very confusing. We have the presidential preference primary we're voting on now through the 20th. Then, of course, Election Day is May 24th. We get all that taken care of. And then we have the local and state primary coming up on May 19th. We'll talk more about that with Wendy after this break, including qualifying for those posts. This is the Hometown Podcast Network. I'm Ryan Simmons, Creative Director at Brand Red. We're honored to sponsor today's episode. If you're looking to grow your business, we help companies just like yours reach new customers. Contact us by visiting our website at brandredstudios.com or emailing us at info at brandredstudios.com. And welcome back to the Druck Report. John Drucker Miller with you from Hometown Headlines and also from the Hometown Podcast Network. Once again, we are coming to you nearly live from the studios of Brand Red Studios for Bale Street. Todd LaBarge once again working the numbers, making us sound good, and always our reigning queen of podcast guests, Wendy Davis, who, yes, although city commissioner is really here more for her side as a member of the Democratic National Committee and also of the Georgia Democratic Party as well. Wendy, we just talked about the primaries, the presidential candidates, the changes there, the South Carolina primary, Super Tuesday, all that good stuff. Let's talk about this being the week where we're seeing all the candidates qualify now through noon on Friday. That'll set the ballot for our next primary, which is going to be May 19th. By the way, voting, I believe, starts on that. I think April 27th for advanced voting. Anyway, we got people qualifying, Wendy. We got things going on here. That's a kind of a two-part thing here. And by the way, I think uh, the Democratic local party, Florida Democratic Party, will have a uh, meet and greet with the Democratic candidates, I believe, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Yes. over at Division Street. Division Street Gym. Yep. Good. So you, you, we'll be talking about some of those folks here, I guess, as well. All right, Wendy, we, we have people who are lining up today to sign in, sign the little documents, pay some money here as required by uh, various governments here to run for school boards and county commissions and state representatives and U.S. representatives. So where are we at? Well, not really with all the sign-up here. We're, we're really just like four hours into this thing as we record this today. But this is the next phase. This is the candidate qualifying thing. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? So um, the sheriff's race, which has been going on for three years. It was the dominant election in 2018. <laughs> People don't understand it, that. It's actually on the cusp of happening. Uh, that primary is May 19th. 
Uh, and there are three people anticipated as Republicans running for that. Uh, I I don't think the Democrats have um, pulled a sheriff's candidate out of our hat yet, but we have till Friday at noon. Um, so if if we don't, uh, that race will be determined May nineteenth. So um, so Tom Holt's not going to run. Um, you know, don't give away all my secrets. Sorry, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Holt will no, be texting me tonight. No, okay. no, no. Um, so there are two county commission seats, right? And that's something that sort of confuses people. They're not quite sure the difference between city commissioners and county commissioners, right? So there are five county commissioners. And the way it is set up is that two of those county commissioners have to live inside the city of Rome. And the other three have to live outside of the city of Rome. And so this year, there's one of each. So one city okay. county commission seat and then one county county commission seat is up uh, on the school board. And everybody, that's just about where the candidate lives. Yep. Uh, all uh, registered, duly registered voters get to vote uh, for both of those county commission seats countywide. Okay. So what's a little more confusing is the county school board. Right. Because we have a separate city school board. So none of the city voters get to vote in that county school board race. So, first of all, you take sort of the the hole out of the donut. The, the yep. folks in the donut hole don't get to vote um, for that, understandably. Um, so you have to live outside the city of Rome to run for county school board and the three and their district where you have to live. Again, the whole mm-hmm. rest of the donut votes, but the candidates I uh, have to live for District 2. You have to live in the Model Johnson School District. For District 3, it would be the Coosa School District. And for District 5, it's the Cave Spring McHenry School District. So, again, you have to live there, but you run in the entire donut. Yep. Right. So uh, City of Rome voters don't get to do that one. So the races people don't often think about that are also on the ballot this year, uh, Clerk of the Superior Court. And we already know there's going to be both a primary on the Republican side and we have a Democratic challenger. Um, oh, we do? Mariah Medina. Yeah, she announced okay. last week. And then the tax commissioner seat is up. And the coroner, which I always am just like baffled of why we elect the coroner and why it's nothing like what you see on TV. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the district attorney, of course, is also up this year. So um, the the local races... Minus the district attorney, the other races I was talking about, they qualify with the local parties because those are all partisan races. So um, I think the Republicans might be doing their qualifying at Dave Golden Shoes office. Mm -hmm. Um, We're doing our qualifying at Jeremy Salter's office. That's 242 North Fifth Avenue. Um, You know, regular business hours, um, Monday through Thursday and then Friday at noon. Qualifying is cut off for everyone. Uh, Also, all the state legislative races are up. Mm -hmm. We have three state house seats that have um, pieces of Floyd County in them. And, of course, the 13th um, has all – it's just Floyd County uh, and then a state senate seat and then the U.S. congressional seat. And, again, that's going to be a a humdinger, as they say, uh, on the Republican side. Will you be at that meeting tomorrow? Which meeting tomorrow? This tomorrow. And I ask that, not trying to be sarcastic here. Uh, the Floyd County Republican women meet tomorrow at noon, and I think five of the can- the nine candidates are going to be there for that. And um, it's open to everybody, of course. I know it's a GOP meeting, that kind of good stuff and all, but, boy, I tell you what, it's uh, I'm trying to think whether that's going to be the most crowded meeting this week or the whole thing they're doing with the planning department about the UMU voting here in the River District. Which which one of those two meetings? And they got 75 properties yeah. going before that meeting on Thursday. I'm like, okay, which is going to be the biggest draw here? Like I said this morning, I think uh, when you have a restaurant that sells some pretty good biscuits 
and you got some pretty hot election going on, I wonder if tomorrow's meeting won't be prime time this week. Well, uh, I hope y'all enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, not one I was invited to. I know the public is invited, the invited. but uh, but I I'm gonna let. Uh, the Republicans sort out who their nominee is, and uh, we already have one very, candidate. Very gracious of you. <laughs> we um, already have one candidate on uh, the Democratic side. Yep. He's from up in Dalton. Kevin Van Ostel, I think is how he pronounces Correct. his name. And, uh, and again, if folks want to come meet some of our local candidates, uh, Thursday night at 7, uh, we'll have a candidate meet and greet. So we are anticipating having candidates for more offices. I'm just not at liberty to share those yep, names that's good. at Thanks. this time. But it's important. This is the week for people that have to put their money where their mouth is, right? Like it's not a lot of money. Uh, it's usually sure. 3% of the salary. Uh, and the interesting twist, and I think this might be a surprise to you. This is the first time I'm going to say this publicly. But uh, qualifying down in Atlanta this week, I'm going to qualify to be one of the 16 Democratic electors. So, okay. So in, tell in me no, about that. In November, you don't actually vote for the Democratic nominee or the Republican presidential and vice presidential nominees. You vote for a slate of 16 electors. And so there are 16 people who will be on the Democratic side and 16 people who will be on the Republican side. And I am really quite honored that I was one of the 16 people that the state party selected to represent Georgia. So, but who votes the, on that? If the Democratic nominee wins Georgia, then I literally get to go be the Electoral College voters representing oh, cool. Georgia. Okay. Gotcha. I got yeah. you. So y'all yeah. are predetermined. So it all depends on who wins in yeah. November. So actually you're voting for the 16 of us or the 16 of them. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. Like you're not voting for the president. You're voting for that slate of electors. Why 16 in Georgia? We have 14. Because 14 um, members of Congress and two senators. That's oh, that our Electoral sense. College Thank vote. You. you know, we have 16 we electoral. You're educating me. You're educating <laughs> well, first off, congratulations on that. Thank you. It's That's very awesome. exciting. Well, and, you know, so let's go. Before we get into that part, we'll, we'll come back and talk about November here in a minute. Um, so here we are, though. We're wrapping up again. We have, uh, you know, right now we're recording this at around midday on Monday. So we got, you know, we still have a few more days yet to go through qualifying and all. So again, not revealing, did reveal something I did not know about Ms. Medina. So that's interesting. Good to hear that. I love a challenge election. I don't care what side you're on. I think every election should have a challenger. We have learned that lesson here in Floyd County before where we had People run and get into a little bit of trouble, maybe, and maybe they weren't the best person to run for that job after. Well, nothing, you know, real bad, but still, I'd love to have opposed, you know, contested elections here. So you think we're going to have some contested local elections? I know right now we're looking at at least a few. Yes. Good. Yes. Good. Uh, we. Um, I'm hoping we have more contested than uncontested elections. Good. This year on our ballots in November. I think it makes for a better person. I think it makes, makes for a better election. It'll get you a bit more of a choice. Well, well you know, and but it, and it's hard. I mean, as someone who works on candidate recruitment, right? It's it's hard in this when you're surrounded by all this national incivility. It's really hard to turn to somebody and go. Oh, I agree. I know it looks really bad what's happening and how they're calling each other names and you know blah blah blah. But right now, I don't feel like that's happening here. At these very local yep. races, so no, they're saving all that for the uh, coronavirus. Trust me, <laughs> we won't go there today. I got sets coming up later on this week. All right, so we you're looking at some contested races coming up this November, which is great. We've got some very big elections coming up in May. Yet we do have. Do you see any contested Democratic races? In the May primary. Yes. The U.S. Senate race is okay. going well, to I, be. I mean, local. Local ones first. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go into Senate next. So. You never know. 
what's gonna yeah, ha- what's yeah, gonna happen. This. I'm not. Uh, you, are, you are skilled at this. I am not uh, expecting it. Okay, but well, you, uh, you very seriously. I very often have had surprises on qualifying no, week. I've had people I, I walk up that I've never surprises. seen before in my life, and they want to run for office. And I love and, surprises. And we welcome we welcome candidates. You don't have to have gotten the stamp of approval from anybody, but just um, want to do it. Good. You put this, you got a couple of qualifications you got to meet. Yeah. Put your money down. Yeah. You run. That is good. All right. So maybe, uh, maybe, maybe not some contested Democratic stuff in the primary. We'll know for sure. We'll have a pretty good ballot coming together for November when we have you know for the it is party versus party in the November general election. There, let's move on to that general election, especially those U.S. Senate seats. I think uh, Doug Collins qualified this morning to run for what we call figuratively the Isaacson seat, which has a somewhat incumbent in there, the appointment of Kelly Loeffler by the governor. Um, but also we have uh, Mr. Purdue running for a new six-year term as well. And the folks on the Democratic side of the aisle are licking their chops right now. Really? Yeah. I hadn't noticed. Why is that? Well, so let's let's look at them separately. So let's start with the one you started with, okay. uh, the Doug Collins, Kelly Loeffler, the ones getting the, the big attention, right? So that's sort of special election. Mm-hmm. It's not a typical election. They're not going to have a primary in May. We're going to have an election in November for that U.S. Senate seat for that unexpired term that everybody who qualifies, and they're not qualifying today, right? The qualifying hasn't been set for that what election. What did Doug Collins do today? Or, or maybe they did qualify. I apologize well, that, if I'm wrong I mean, about that. I know we had a press conference this morning. I could have sworn okay, he said he's so qualifying. But okay. My apologies. I, no, I no, could no, be no, wrong no. on that. But whoever is going to run for that seat they all run together in the November 3rd election. So some people call that a jungle primary. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. So you, you you're definitely looks like you're going to have two Republicans. You may have more than two Republicans. Right now we have three Democrats who've announced. Um, one who is sort of the pick of the the National Senatorial Campaign Committee folks okay. on the Democratic side. Um, that's uh, Pastor Raphael Warnock. Um, that's one seat, and that's going to be – Excuse me, not likely – it is not likely that on November 3rd somebody's going to get 50% plus yep. one vote in that race. So it would go to a runoff in January. Now let's go to the regular seat. The okay. seat currently held by Senator Perdue. He's up for re-election. I don't know if anyone will qualify to run against him in the primary, but that's a regular election, right? Sure. Regular six-year cycle. On May 19th, there will be a primary on the Republican side. If anybody runs against him, he'd have to beat them. And then on the Democratic side, um, we have um, several candidates in the race there. Uh, Former Mayor of Columbus, Teresa Tomlinson, our our Lieutenant Governor nominee from 18, Sarah Riggs-Amico. And then you also have uh, John Ossoff, who many people remember from that special election where he lost to Karen Handel. So there may be other people who... Get in that race as well. Um, we'll know by Friday. Um, but that is a, a more regular election. So uh, if the primary on May 19th doesn't have someone getting 50% plus one vote, then there'll be a runoff. Um, I can't remember if it's June July, or July. July. July yeah. Sorry, I didn't write that date down. Uh, I think it is July. Yes. Um, so there'll be a runoff for that. And then the Democratic nominee and the Republican nominee uh will face each other in November, November with if there's a libertarian candidate 
um, also in that race. Yeah, so. and we've seen that go to run off before. We yeah, all remember we the have, Coverdale race and some other races yeah, too as well. Yeah, White's Fowler. Well, those yeah, exactly. So those those um, those races, this whole thing. Uh, again, you were saying earlier to kind of start us off here, how uh, the White House, the road to the White House, does go through Georgia. I mean, we are really a. That's when Georgia takes prime time. I, I, I am. I have. I have been involved in campaigns for a very long time, and I have never seen the kind of interest in Georgia that I'm seeing now. Even back when Georgia was a Democratic mm-hmm. state and it was very strongly contested, Bill Clinton won us twice, right? Uh, it's still the resources that we're going to see this year are like nothing we have ever seen in this state. The Republicans are going to have to defend here. Uh, we have these two Senate seats uh, that could very much change the balance of the U.S. Senate. And I think that Georgia is going to be in play for the presidential campaign. Uh, the DNC just put us on their battleground list, uh, just added us last week, which means they're already putting in more resources. They started last year putting in like mm-hmm. field resources, training people on the ground to knock the doors, which I think is the most important resource. Uh, you can do all the TV ads you want, um, but I think the people talking to their neighbors uh, is the strongest method Face of campaigning. No, good point. So is this the Stephanie Abrams legacy from 2018? That's why we we look at Georgia. I mean, that race was so, so close. Stacey Abrams, yes. Um, Stephanie? I'm sorry. That's all right. Yeah. So it was was the the, how competitive the governor's race was. I'm sorry. Stephanie Abrams is the weather channel. She's a University of Florida graduate. (laughs) How would I confuse that? Anyway. I don't know. So, um, so it has a lot to do with the the amount of uh, hard work that the party and led by Leader Abrams put together uh, to make that race so competitive. It has a lot to do with the amount of voter suppression that was uh, alleged, and yeah. in my mind, very much a, a part of what is that anger still here? Oh, two that years anger later? is very yeah. much here, and also just look at it. the The Republicans nationally really didn't come and play much here in that 18 election. They didn't put Good point. the Republicans and the Democrats didn't put any money here in 16 or 14 or 12 or 10, right? Like the national people, the big, big money, yeah. the big super PAC money, right? There might've been a little super PAC mailing here or there or an ad here or there, but what you're going to see in November is like nothing we've ever seen. And it could be really interesting or it could be really um, off-putting, right? It could be just this shrill, loud voices telling you all kinds of different, you know, no, that never up happens. is down and down is up kind of things. Um, but the point is we will be able to see with well-resourced campaigns on both sides what we can do. And when this election is so close, I mean, we're talking a point and a half Wow. Um, without those national resources in here. Uh, Georgia is a lot more purple than people think it is, right? Look at us uh, flipping a congressional seat in 18, coming, what, 700 votes away from flipping another congressional seat in Mm -hmm. 18. We expect to keep the seat we won last time, you know, keep our incumbents and also flip that seventh. Uh, We're going to be competitive places we haven't been competitive for. We're going to win back legislative state House seats, state Senate seats. Um, It's going to be a really competitive November. Well, I love to seeing all the all you talk about the resources coming in, making this again. I, I love a competitive, competitive race. I mean, I think it's, I think it's it's, it's healthy. I just think it's, it's healthier for the country. Uh, made the best candidate win. That's why I look at it. 
But I love to see that we're getting that kind of attention here. I love to see Georgia really being in prime time. Well, if you think about it, uh, we talk about it and we talk about attracting the film industry, right? In the film industry, we got everything here except for super huge mountains, right? Or a desert, right? But we got everything else here. So the same way when you look at our voters, we have just a beautiful mix of America. We're a microcosm of America right here. We have some urban core areas. We definitely have suburban areas. We have the rural small towns like I like to describe Rome. We have the large amount of agriculture district, true rural, rural part of the state. You got the mountain people who are like, leave us all alone, right? Like you've got, you truly have a little bit of everybody in the state. So I think it's a a terrific state. And I'm going to be pushing um, from my seat on the DNC. I, I joined the DNC in some not some small measure to try to get rid of the Iowa caucuses being first because of my oh, tell uh, me that's happened. unhappy experience there. And what happened this year has sealed their fate. I can't imagine Good. that they'll be first. Uh, and, and I'm going to push for Georgia to be in the mix of those first states. Again, the DNC can't decide that it will. It's up to our state elections folks uh, decide when the state elections are going to be. But um Anyway, but that's what I'm going to push for because I think we're very representative of all of the country. No, good point. I would love to see as a as a journalist and as a resident, I would love to see us having you know what's the word for it? more uh, more punch more. Well, well more. yeah, I mean, and it's and it's not just that parochial. Oh, we're big and important, right? Like think of every demographic. You know, we have. No, I'll go, I'll thriving, go big and important. I like that. I know. <laughs> you know, we have a, a thriving um, Asian American population, Hispanic population. Um, the energy we have at the port, right? Like the different layers of the economy. Yep. We've got technology hubs and agriculture and everything in between. Uh, huge uh, emphasis on small business and what it does for our state, right? Like so every kind of way you would look at a state, we have a good mix here in Georgia. No, yep. good point about that. Wendy Davis, I want to thank you very much for coming in here. Any final thoughts here? Again, on any of the topics we covered. Yes, so I want people to – recognize their power as voters this is the little d this is the little d democrat this is about like i don't care if you're going to vote opposite my vote in every election i want you voting and you are making a decision whether you stay home or whether you go vote not voting is a decision and not voting is putting your power on the shelf and letting somebody else have that power amen to that these races I think at every level are going to be competitive like we've never seen. Your voice is important. Your voice is probably even going to be important in the presidential election. I think this presidential election is going to be thin, 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 close, close, close. Oh, I think you're right. You know, nail-biting, well, hair-pulling. It was last time. It was. And people, um, people feel recognized. But again, everybody assumed Georgia was just going to be in the Republican um, column. It's it's a toss-up this year. And, uh, and the whole nation, uh, the Electoral College vote, is a toss-up. And uh, there's a lot to be seen. So make your voice heard. It's important in this election and all the local elections. Go all the way down your ballot, please. Please yep. go all the way down your ballot and do your homework. Um, Drucks always got great resources for you to see oh, um, you. who's what. And League of Women Voters does a beautiful job with their voter guides. So, so educate, done. They've really educate yourself. Answer. And if you're just not sure, 
even if we don't agree politically, you know, you can find me on Facebook, Wendy, the number four Rome, right? It's my Facebook handle and my Twitter handle. And um, I'm always happy to answer questions and help people um, get resources to find out. My brother wanted to volunteer. My brother's never done anything other than vote in his life. He wanted to volunteer for a campaign this year. I helped him find Good for you. A, Good for him. a right-wing campaign that would match him down. Your brother's right. Oh, let's get, oh, that's what we got to do next time, Todd. Yeah. How about that? Let's get let's get y'all together, the siblings no, please. together. No, please. No, oh, please. Oh, come on. No, that would be great. I love uh, sibling rivalry. No. Uh, so anyway, but I mean, I helped him find a campaign to volunteer What's that for. show called? PTI? Kind of like a. <laughs> but, right. but anyway, please, please check your registration. Make sure it's current. Make sure you know where you're voting, your polling places. And if you go to vote and somebody tries to turn you away, just stand there. Just stand there and say, I want to speak to a poll manager and assert your authority that you know you're registered to vote. You've checked your voter registration. This is where you're supposed to vote. And by golly, you're going to give me a ballot. If they don't let you ask for, um, oh, what's it called? A provisional ballot. Provisional ballot. Thank you. Right? But... Make your voice heard. Don't get let that, anybody get that turn you away. Back a couple That's years right. Ago. Don't, you have don't, to. don't let anybody turn you away. No, good point. Good point about the heavy vote. And I know some. I know some poll workers this year are a little bit more energized about being vigilant for people who do exactly what you just said. Oh, and the last thing, this new system, right? You're going to print oh, yeah. out your ballot for you to look at it. Read your ballot. Read what printed out. If you don't agree that what printed out was what you printed on, touched on the screen, or if you changed your mind. They have to let you redo it. Yep. Okay. So Robert make, did a good job describing make that. sure a good you read it. And then when you put it into the scanner, I'd suggest you put it in upside down because it's still a secret ballot, right? So mm, good point. It'll scan both sides, right? It scans both sides, but good. that's just what I suggest. It must be that twenty dollar twenty twenty cents a sheet paper that's <laughs> so special there. Well, all right, Wendy, thank you very much. Great job on that. A lot of topics there. We appreciate that. What but it's fun though. What a what a great week in politics here. What a great year in politics as well. Wendy, thanks for your time. Todd, thank you as well. Always well-produced, well-packaged. It makes us all sound wonderful. Um, we'll have continuing election coverage for you on Hometown Headlines, hometownheadlines.com, on the Hometown Podcast Network as well. We will get into candidate interviews coming up a little bit later down, closer to uh, when we start voting for the May primary. We'll start those before early voting starts, so to make sure people have some information. Wendy, thank you, folks. Thank you for your time today. We're going to have another podcast later on this week, very important one dealing with the coronavirus. Please tune in for that. Well, more details available on that at hometownheadlines.com. John Drucker Miller saying thanks for your time. Have a great day in Northwest Georgia.